Previously on Insanity Podcast. I don't think we should apologize. That's the problem. We don't need to apologize for that. Because at the end of the day, Micah, you're a white man and I'm a black man. And I'm a black man. Yo, what's happening? Dude, Micah. Sir. It's it's for real, man. Legit. We like done it. Like it's out there in the internet world. Can't believe it. it, I mean, you can't take it back now. I mean, dude. I mean, like, do you feel like your children are going to be proud of you when you have your little Micahs running around here for the decision that we made to put our thoughts on the freaking Internet? I guess. You know, I hope so. Dude, what's been blowing me away is people have been hitting me up on, like, Instagram for this chick sent me a message on, like, how to do a podcast. I don't know. It's the, it. the feedback has been amazing. It's, it's been it's awesome. overwhelming. It's blowing up the, the, know, in ways that I never it, it expected. It makes me feel really loved. Like, I didn't know that people value my opinion so much and i guess some people don't value it they just want to talk about me back when they get a chance but it's all good as long as they're downloading and they're reviewing and they got something to say let's freaking go it's been amazing um you know i guess obviously at this point we've recorded every episode and um they've been recorded before they've been released and you know we've uh Throwing a couple in the trash bin before, <laughs> uh, you know, because we we know, go through approval trying. process. So, I mean, we got no. It doesn't pass our approval, then we know it's not going to be good for other people because we are pretty critical of ourselves. And now we're all in, and and to see the response, it's it's Amazing. been fantastic. So thank you to everyone uh, who's you. taken the time to to put the reviews on iTunes and You're share awesome. with their friends and. And most of all, thank you to uh, T Matt, um, you know, TylerDigital.net. Um, Tyler Ty Matthews has, has done an incredible job. Our website is absolutely incredible. Dude, it's bananas. He put a lot of pressure on us to perform right? with what he has done with this. I mean, he done made us look a whole lot better than we ever could possibly I, have dreamed of. Let me just, because he's not in the room right now, um, let me just say. I don't think he knows how much he could make doing this for some company. Oh, I mean, <laughs> without a doubt. I don't want to lose the guy, but damn, God damn he is awesome at what he does. And hopefully this is a, a window to show his talents off, man. I just think that if, if I'm running a company and I want to roll out some new initiative or I want to let my people know about something, uh, TylerDigital.net, T-Mat. Please look him up, man. I mean, he's borderline genius. I, I'm, you know what? I'm taking borderline out of it. What he has done to make us sound good, look good, feel good is genius. And I just said, I, and I and I said it to you off air a second ago. I I never thought when we when we asked him to come on board uh, that he would take it to this level. And I can't. It's, it's I, amazing. I just never, and, and I'm so proud of him. He yeah. he does such a great job. I, um, you know what? We gotta. Go, there we go. Just he, clap it up. I wish he was here to get this, but here, here. He can hear it when, he's, when we send him the raw. <laughs> the raw audio. Dude, you. you anyway, between what's receiving been up with you? and raw, we got to stop this. Um, 
Raw's okay. Okay. What's been up with you? What's been going on? Man, you know, um, so I'm always making life decisions, right? Right. I've got a recurring theme. I'm thinking about buying a place. I'm going to buy a crib. The economy's rebounding. It's rebounding, and, you know, I've been at my job for over five-some years. It's a good time, and... Um. You well, know, you know, if it at worst it becomes a an investment property, I rent out to some college kid because I think I want to go with a condo versus condo um, here in Columbia. Here in Columbia, probably by the stadium. The stadium ain't moving anywhere, so I think I may do that. I don't know what you think, man. But it, it's kind of hard because I feel like it's like women. Like I, don't, you know, you gotta make this commitment. <laughs> And yeah, I'm not it's definitely sure like what I want to make so let me let me do interrupt okay. you. I don't want to let you finish okay. your thought, but right. I want to share a piece of advice that someone gave to me one time. Um, and I only say this because you just compared, you know, buying, buying a, a condo or a house to a woman. Uh, there's two kinds of relationships in this world. Okay. One kind of relationship you can end with a phone call. Okay. The other kind requires a court order. Oh, <laughs> so I guess so just, that's what I'm saying. So you know, to my point, my lawyer friend. Yeah, you, you know, just to say. Yeah, that. man. So it's it's a little frustration. Frustrating. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. Um, I'm still kind of playing around with the numbers. Um, maybe I can find a nice pad, and if you know, a year from now, you know, I'm not in Columbia. Well, that'll be. I have to deal with it at that point. I hope that's not the case, but you who knows? Now. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, well, two fair. years from now. I mean, I, well, never. Yeah, yeah, or never, or never. I thought I would be gone three years ago. Actually, five years ago, playing football somewhere. But look, I'm still here. We have a podcast. That's because you slowed down. Yeah, <laughs> you went from being like. Four three Mo Brown to five one Maurice BS, BS. I still can run a four three today. <laughs> today, I, can you? I, I I would almost say I'm probably faster now because I'm healthier. Like when I when I finished college ball, man, my knees, my back, my yeah. ankles. I mean, just crack all the time. Like I'm so much healthier now. I actually think I'm faster than I was in college. Believe it or not, short burst only can duplicate it maybe twice, um, but. Yeah, I'm pretty fast, man. I believe it. I'm Line believing. up. Line up. <laughs> I'm surprisingly fast. Nah, nah. Line up. This ain't funny. I don't know what that means. We just finished up the Iowa caucuses. That's true. It and, happened. And, uh, you know, on the road to New Hampshire and eventually South Carolina. And- uh, Nevada's before South Carolina, which I did not know. Is it? Yes. Um, or is it after? I, I thought like it was it, after, but each, uh, each part is a little after. different. So I guess the... Maybe I misheard that when I was listening to the broadcast at 12.30 in the morning trying to figure out if Hillary was going to beat Bernie or not. And maybe I misheard that. Well, uh, you know, well, so let's go there. Let's just jump into uh, how things played out in Iowa. How do you think that played out on the Democratic side? Man, it is very interesting. What Bernie Sanders is pulling off right now is uh, very reminiscent of a um, first-time senator from Chicago. Um, His turnout, his engine that 
is producing the numbers that he have. Um, you know, if you would ask anyone three months ago, four months ago, five months ago, maybe, um, if Bernie Sanders will be in a virtual tie with Hillary Clinton, the the machine that is the Clinton machine, people would have looked at you and said, get out of my face. So the fact that he basically had a virtual tie with Miss um, Clinton, I think it really puts a muckerich in the momentum of the um, Clinton machine. And I, I, I feel that that second guessing is going into the Clinton um, campaign that they may be thinking that this could be a repeat of 08. And wow, what you say? Um, well, you know, you bring up a good point. First of all, let me just, while you were talking there, I, I pulled up the internet machine. Ooh. And uh, you're right and you're wrong about Nevada. Okay. <laughs> so we got the Monday, February 1st was clearly the Iowa caucuses. And Tuesday, February 9th will be New Hampshire. But on Saturday, February 20th, which will be the South Carolina GOP primary, will be the same day as the Nevada caucus for the Democrats. Correct. Okay. But on Tuesday, February 23rd, will be the Nevada caucus for Republicans. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, the 27th, will be the South Carolina Democrats. So okay. it's a weird... So I was right when I was hearing what I said yeah, with yeah, yeah, Hillary right. and Bernie. Okay. It's a weird thing, man. Is um, The whole partisan process and the the selection of nominees... You know, I think that our founding fathers would struggle to relate to what um, they envisioned and what we currently see. Absolutely. I mean, to think that you can get more votes than an individual and still lose, to me, is very nonsensical. (laughs) Like, hold on, wait. You're telling me I got a million more votes than this person, but because I didn't have the electrical, the electric electoral college, then I somehow lost head scratch. Welcome to America. Hello, America. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, I do think they considered that particular question. If you're referring to the 2000 election, well, they, anyway, hold on. Let's not sidetrack ourselves. Let's go back to Iowa. Okay. <laughs> I'm just but, saying. But yeah, I agree. It's, 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 like, it's, well, it's, it's weird to me. It is a little w, WTF. It takes away from the individual vote, vote in some, some aspect. What's... Most interesting to me, though, is uh, when we think about Iowa and how much it matters, it has a bit of the, um, I I always call it the self-licking ice cream cone effect. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, do explain. (laughs) Like, why why does Iowa matter? Why do the Iowa caucuses matter? Well, that's a good question. And and I think the answer is it matters is it matters because we say it matters and we being people who have podcasts and radio shows and TV shows and they well it's articles. first it's it's, it's first. the first real it's the first real election process it's kind of like it's kind of like you know we have all these preseason polls ranking all these teams and saying who's number one and who's in the top 25, who didn't make the cut, and no one has played the game yet. It's all speculation until you get on the field. So that first game to build up to it is Iowa. That's why people are so excited. You know, you know, talked about it all offseason to see what these people are going to – what these teams are going to do once they get on the field. And now you have the chance to see how they perform. That is Iowa. That's why it's so important. 
Right. And and I was, uh, I think, a little bit more diverse than people give it credit for. I agree with at, it. At the same time, it does have an echo chamber effect and, and nationally. And that what, what do you mean by echo chamber? I'm not familiar That we with say it. it matters that Hillary wins. And then the next reporter writes, it matters that Hillary wins. And then the next reporter writes, it matters that Hillary wins. <laughs> And and so on so and weird. and again that's the, the same metaphor with the self licking ice cream cone. Okay, is it matters because we say it matters, right? And, and I think it's particularly acute or or more pronounced in, on the Republican side, where if you consider that six out of the the last seven general election votes in mm-hmm. Iowa have gone to Democrats, six out of the last seven, so. To the extent that Iowa represents uh, electoral college votes, I, I struggle to see how that makes sense on the Republican side. If you know that this state is probably going to go Democratic, you can't in good faith tell me that you're concerned that you're going to lose the, the Iowa electoral well, think, college think, for the president. I think it still goes back to that first impression. I mean, it's your first it time yeah, yeah, for to sure. show what you can you do. You got momentum. And you I got, got real people voting win. for you. That's right. And, and I think we'll get into this a little bit later, okay. um, especially when we talk about a candidate like Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Right? And, no and as appealing as he may, may be on a, on a visceral or um, – I guess uh, uh, I want to support. I like. I want a bomb thrower to you know. I want that. I want the destabilizing force. I want that atypical uh, candidate in the race. I think that uh, you support that in a poll, but when you're actually in the booth, um, I guess in a primary caucus, a little different. But when you have to actually say, "I want that dude," when no one's looking. Are you really going to pull the trigger? Mm, hold that thought. Yeah, let's I, hold that. Let's I, I want to hold that thought because I, th- I want to go back to why is it so noteworthy. So I did a little Google search, right? And since 1972, Iowa has been first um, in the caucus of primaries for nominating the presidential candidate for both parties. Um, in that time, Iowa has been 43% successful predicting the Democrat candidate uh, for president and 50% successful at picking the Republican candidate. So if you're a Democrat, uh, maybe it doesn't matter so much historically uh, from a Republican standpoint. I got a 50-50 chance if I'm Iowa based on historical significance. I mean, do you feel that that is a reason why that these candidates put so much time in here, or does it go back again just to first impressions? My honest response to that is it's a it's a product of a political class of America. It's a Washington D.C. establishment hmm. that thinks that the rest of America gives a shit. That's right. <laughs> I mean. I just think that That's it's a good point. It, 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 I mean, really when I point. look at it, like, I don't know anybody in Lexington County or Richland County of South Carolina who cares what anybody in Iowa thinks. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I just. Uh, most people in Richland County don't give a crap of what people in Lexington County think. Right. Like, I just, <laughs> just don't, don't. I don't see that. 
other than the effect of what happens in the media, which is this can's leading, he's got all the momentum, and that's a real phenomenon. Absolutely. When, when you look at like a guy who's who's caught fire and and he's the hot <laughs> ticket, and I, I think again we'll come back to it in a little bit, but you know to the extent that Marco Rubio now represents the establishment, the establishment, I mean, who which is that? so in, so insane in some ways. He is the 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 voice of the establishment where. In every election he's ever run, he's said, I'm the far right guy. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. mean, he beat Charlie Chris well, saying, I'm the conservative, I'm the Tea Party guy. I think and now he, all of a sudden in this election, because he happens to be running against. Is he the new Mitt Romney? Uh, what do you mean by that? Change with the political ties to benefit no. himself well, the most. Good question. Good question. Um. I guess that would come down to the positions he's most criticized for. Um, immigration. Im- immigration. Yeah. Um, and and tr- the trade deal. Yes, trade deal. Um, other than that, I, I think he stood pretty pretty firm in, in his convictions, even in the face of um, consternation and uh, people just being mad at him. Okay. You know, like like, like uh, the whole abortion debate. Like, I think he stood the test of time on that. I mean, to the extent that I, I a 44 mean, I, year old guy can stand. The test I can't of time. get over how Jeb Bush is so underperforming. I mean, with $110 million. Did you see the stat on the morning Joe this morning? And they broke down, um, the amount of money per vote. And his was like astronomical. It was like $5,000 per vote. And Donald Trump was $300. Um, and I think Donald Trump actually kind of pinged him about it, which was quite funny. I don't really say much. <laughs> it's funny that Donald Trump said, but he was just like, Jeff, if you would have gave him a thousand bucks, a promise of a thousand bucks, you would have been a whole lot better off and you would have saved yourself a whole lot of money. And I was just like, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I can't lie. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, let's go back to Iowa. <laughs> and specifically the Hillary Bernie Sanders tie effectively. And, and, and I guess Hillary ostensibly has won the vote um, at this point. But are you surprised at all that it was a tie? Absolutely. Absolutely surprised. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, you got to think. I mean, eight, eight years ago, seven years ago, every eight years ago, because it's been the same time. So eight years ago, everyone thought this was Hillary time. It set up perfect. She was the Democrats candidate. Um, you know, she's going to be the first woman. She's qualified. She has experience X, Y, Z and the third. So go be secretary of state, have the sex there, just increase her um, her prerequisites to be commander in chief. There's no big name person challenge her. No Joe Biden's in here that really can right. challenge her. Um, so to have Bernie Sanders, who's running a campaign where he's not getting anybody backing him outside, just normal folk, where the average um, contribution is twenty seven dollars, as he likes to tout, sure. yeah. um, and to see that machine come to a virtual tie in Iowa against um, Hillary Clinton and who she is, 
It's absolutely amazing. And it's a huge win for Bernie Sanders. And he has all the momentum right now. And if I was him, I would be touting like I'm the front runner and Hillary's trying to catch up with me. What do you think the message to the country at large and, you know, to the world at large is because people are sick of politics. They're sick of a inefficient system that is benefiting the wealthy and not benefiting the middle class. It's, it's It's an indictment on the political process of the past 20 years. And people are generally are are genuinely upset and they want to see some change. So these candidates that is contrary to what you see as a normal presidential candidate is catching the attention of Americans. And I think even electing President Obama was a direct um, indication of that. You know, he was more presidential in his appearance. But at the end of the day, it was something against the grain. We want hope and change. We are tired of this system that goes and bicker. And the only thing that they keep telling us, if you make it better for the rich, then it trickle down to um, the rest of us. And that has not been seen. So I think this is just a big indictment on the political process that we have called our democracy over the last 20 years. I agree, man. And, and I don't think it's unique to Democrats or people Absolutely who vote Democrats. I, I think that uh, people are looking at the world and they're, and they're seeing, uh, particularly the U.S. government, the government isn't working for them. You know, the economy isn't working for them. It's not working for their families. People feel like I'm working harder uh, and I'm not getting ahead. Wages are declining or they're flatlining mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in 70 70 some odd years. Um, and generally in both parties, I see that people are developing a sense that we, as a people, are losing the ability uh, to get things done. Right. You know, and we look at generations in the past and we see, you know, we sent people to the moon and uh, here we are. And, you know, we spent, sent spaceships to, to Mars. You know, and, and in the past, we've confronted great diseases, and yet we still haven't figured out cancer. Right. Um, and, and all the while, you know, we're still struggling to modernize buildings, other infrastructure. Here in South Carolina, clearly our roads need to be upgraded. Man, I was so pissed off the other the other week. I was going, see, all right, I was going down 77. I was going down 77. And this is for the people who in the internet world, 77 North is literally starts in Columbia, South Carolina, because back when they was planning this, our senators and congress, congressmen and women decided that they did oh, not. They were want, all men. I don't think we've had a woman congressman from South okay, Carolina. Okay, that's fine. Um so, sorry, sorry. So, so, so back then, they decided that they didn't want Georgia um, reaping the benefits of our interstate and said, we're stopping this in Columbia instead of running this down to Savannah. Um, so that's why 77 starts in Columbia instead of continue down to connect. So silly. It's, it's, so, it's silly. so silly. I can tell you why I-20 stops in Florence instead of going all the way to the beach, but I'm not going to bore you with that story. Because now we get to have a chance to have I-73. I know, right? Right. It is, whatever. I guess my point is simply that, you know, the world and and in in turn the economy is changing faster 
um, than it ever has in, in at least the last two centuries, which says a lot because, you know, we went through the Industrial Revolution just 150 some odd years ago, and, and people are left feeling frustrated and, and scared or at least apprehensive, and, and they're angry, you know? They're definitely angry. And when you look at... You should be angry. You know, I, I just... I, I don't know, man. I don't know how to say it other than, like, when, when I look at the system, and I'm not trying to put words in anybody else's mouth, but Washington and Wall Street seem to play by a different set of rules. Than everybody else. Than everybody else. Everyone else. And I mean, how, how, how is it possible that they pretty much bankrupt this country, yet not one major executive have been put in prison. Right? That that blows my mind. And here's the and thing. And then we give them seven hundred billion dollars to bail them out for their bad decisions. Well, I'm not, I, I'm not taking a position on the bailout. Let's leave I, that aside. Hold, hold on, I'm not taking a position either. I'm just saying the fact that we had to put seven hundred billion dollars. Um, into banks because of their bad I decisions. I know, I know. And that's not taking a position. That's just giving facts. Can I do the thing where I remind everybody about the difference between a million and a billion? Yes, please. I think that's See, important. I can't stop thinking about it's this. It's crazy. A million seconds is 11 days. A billion seconds <laughs> is 31 years. That's crazy. A million, 11, a million seconds, 11 days. A billion seconds, 31 years. years. That is I beyond just, me. It's the only time in my life that I've ever really conceptualized. I mean, like, because yeah. I get how long 11 days is. Right. And 31 years is pretty much most of my life. Right. Like, it just, it kills me. So, uh, anyway. so, so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, just kind of bring this full circle. This is a very unique election. I think this is the election of the people finally saying enough. The system is not working for us. Stop trying to sell us on this same system. And, you know, uh, I was listening to uh, Governor uh, Martin O'Malley. Yes. Democratic. He's, I like he's him. Now Man, he was, he's I like smart him a smart guy. He did, he's done a heck of a lot of good work. You know, I disagree with him philosophically about some things, but one of the things I heard him say the other day is that if you feel like the government isn't working for you, voting becomes a form of protest rather than a creative choice. Right. And and I guess this might be a good segue into talk about the Republican side. But if people feel like voting is a form of protest, that fundamentally shifts what, what happens in the voting booth, you know, versus... If if it's a form of protest versus a creative choice, um, I just I just I, see that's a totally different world. Well, I think it's a microcosm of the world that we live in today. Like we live in the world of co- conflict and division because it sells. It's sexy. That's what people want to see. Um, and when you when you live in that world, what you're going to end up finding is that people react better when I'm protesting. Then instead of uh, let's move this thing together, um, you know, I just had a board of visitors meeting at USC today. And one of the questions that came up was, uh, do we collaborate with Clemson? Um, which 
in the past, the answer to that is unequivocally no. No, there's there are competitors, but in today's world, that makes zero sense. Right. Like, I can't protest and not do something with Clemson just because I want to be mad at Clemson because they just went to the national championship. No, because sure. it's, it's bigger than that. So, yeah, absolutely. So I agree with um, um, O'Malley, what, what he said. I feel like this is the election of protest instead of progress. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that was that was that was like a. I need to like brand it or something or you give do. that to one of the candidates. I don't want we this to be an election of protest. I want to be this. I want this election to be for progress. This Everything, is an election of progress. Everything that Marikis is saying is copyrighted. For real, <laughs> yeah, for real for, though. For real though. For real though. For real though. Okay, I'm I done agree. with my rant. I'm done with my no, rant. you know it's it's not even a rant because it's not. You know we're we're in the midst of an election season, and I, I don't know about you, but every election cycle, I feel like I pay a little bit more attention to than I did the last. As you get older, and, and and I care. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and one of the things that I often tell people is that we don't have to agree. We just have to care. You know, we I love just, that. I love that, by the way. Did you come up with that? I did. That yeah. is that is awesome. I, I was reading your forward um, to the to the fans and, and listeners, and I said, geez, I come up with some pretty good quotes. I'm not to pat myself on my back, but I do. But I really believe that. But that, that. is awesome, dude. I, I really believe that. Like, it we don't have to, to agree. agree. Like, we just you know, have we to do, care. We just have to care. Like, as long as you care... <laughs> and as long as I care, you know, we, we, we're, we're on the same foot. That, that's awesome, Michael. Um, I really do like that quote. Um, in, in any event, um, shifting now back to Iowa. Um, by the way, half of the sound effects is actually me making them. Just saying. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but we did promise Tyler he wouldn't have like Tyler has done so much work lately. Godly. Um, we gotta, we gotta laugh. Let's go back though to Iowa for a second. Okay. Um, and uh talk a little bit about the Republican side of things. Um Ted Cruz won. No one remembers who came in second place. You know who said that? It's a quote. It's actually like a Twitter, a who tweet. Said that? Donald J. Trump. So here we are, Donald J. Trump, second place. How much does it matter? How much does it matter that Donald Trump came in second? I think probably, I'm not going to make that statement. It matters a lot when everything that comes out your mouth is win, I don't got time for losers, everything's going to be great, everything's going to be granular and there's a cheek a cheek in that armor then the rest of that armor is compromised um we had a conversation about donald and i think we actually disagreed a little bit on this and i said that yeah he's fun he's very entertaining what he said about jail bush today was a great punchline but when it came down to it when i'm in that booth and i have to make a decision to say do i really want this man leading the greatest country in the world and have potentially having the ability to put his hands on some nuke on a nuclear football. Do I want this guy to be my president? And I said, I, 
I will be surprised that the people who are actually supporter of Trump's when it came down to make that vote will pull for him. And now that he done lost, I think you will see even more people really looking into and saying, okay, is this a facade? Is this just entertainment? Is he just trying, trying to tell people that he's fired? But in politics, you can't just fire people. This is real folks with real issues. So I, I, I don't think it's good for him. I don't. I think he had to win um, to keep that mystique up. And if he lost, then, you know, get real interesting. What if he wins New Hampshire? Um, you know, he'll ratchet, he'll ratchet it back up, you know, the engine. And, you know, it's still, you know, it's, you got to play all four quarters, right. as they say. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. you don't win. You don't that's, win the game good. in the that's, first quarter. That's maybe the best advice that, that anyone's dropped in. But, but the difference between, you know, a Ted Cruz um, versus, um, what's your guy name, um, who won Iowa last time? Still in the race. Not Huckabee. Um, the Santorum. 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 Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum. Um, the difference between those two is that the money that Ted Cruz has versus Rick, he can sustain a ballot um, ground effort That's in multiple point. stakes. I mean, in multiple stakes. Like he's he's in it for the long run, and right. he understands the politics of campaigning. That yeah. You know, count each vote, understanding what districts did. Um, I mean, the guy, the guy had more votes than any Republican in the history of the Iowa caucus. Just think about that for a second. He had more votes ever than any single candidate in the history of Iowa um, caucus. So that tells me that God know how to campaign. He knows what he's doing. He understands the, where his voters are at and how to get them out and activate them. Um, so I think Donald Trump is going to have uphill battle and even going into the caucus, he was polling ahead by a few points um, in those polls where he's polling ahead in New Hampshire right now. It has to make you question, you know, are those polls accurate? And when it comes down to actually voting, will these people do what they did in Iowa? Yeah. What sure. you think? Um. In what sense? I, I mean, what what do you think the the effect of Donald Trump coming in second place in the Iowa caucus does to his chances to being the nominee for the GOP? Man, it's a tough question. Uh, anytime you're you're asking uh, people to predict what other people will do in the future. It's a difficult proposition. And of course it is. Right, but it's a podcast. But people sure. want to hear you it's do it. Podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast. Let me talk about Donald Trump in the context of what I've seen. And I, I say that to mean I haven't seen Donald Trump from the inside, um, but he was here in Lexington, South Carolina about a week ago, and I decided to go out and check out the event. If, if for no other reason. <laughs> for than, entertainment purposes. Right. I mean, just a little bit of like, let me see the car crash. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I, I've, I did not lose my perspective that this is a guy who is supported by millions of people. Millions of people. That's right. By every polling agency that's out there. And 
And to be clear, I fully recognize that polling in in caucuses and primaries are considerably less reliable than polling in general elections. Right. I mean, that's just a basic fact of, of how polling works, mm-hmm. um, despite what some of the people who somehow get on TV. And just uh, swears about those right? things. Right? Like, I'm just like, yeah. how do you get on TV and begin to suggest the, that uh the caucus or primary polling data is accurate. Like you, you're, you're on cloud nine, brother. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, when, when I went to the Trump event, what I, what I found overwhelmingly was the sentiment. And, and I made the point a second ago, but, but I'm standing in line and it was a huge line to go to this thing that people around me were talking consistently about, you know, government isn't working. You know, it's not working for them. The economy's not doing um, the things that it needs to do for them and their family. And I'm not talking about just, for example, like crazy, um, crazy rednecks. I mean, these are people who who are business folks, who are professionals. You know, they live in, you know, make your jokes if you want about Lexington, South Carolina. But these are regular people who own businesses who are Lexington, employing South people, Carolina. people who are uh, running businesses, people who who are making things happen in their community, and and they're frustrated. They're overwhelmingly frustrated, and that's I guess what I left uh, the event with a sense of is is that they're tired of a world. As it exists, you know, they're looking for someone who over, I heard over and over, someone who gets things done, you know, and that's where the business record, you know, comes into play. I got a question for you. Yes, Yes, sir. Are you, are you satisfied with the slate of potential presidential candidates? Well, not potential. Are you satisfied with the slate of, of presidential candidates as they currently stand? Yeah, but, but maybe not in the way you're thinking. But yeah, I am. Okay. I, I'm just... It's, yeah, let me, all right, so let me address that question. Okay. I, I think that this election in, in 2016 has offered voters a broader choice of candidates than in my lifetime, you know, and I, I'm 34, than I've ever seen. Damn you old. I didn't know you was that old, Michael. Well, you know, when you're just good looking, it's hard to... (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is that this slate of candidates, and I've heard all the complaints about, you know, we've got too many people on stage, but we've had at various points at least 10 Republican candidates who have espoused views that are considerably different. You know, on, on any given issue, mm-hmm. you know, you can form your coalition around it based on that, I guess. And and that same is true on the Democratic side. You know, I would never vote for Bernie Sanders. I right. think he represents the antithesis to um, American capitalism. But I do think he performs a valuable do you function. you use these words? And I know I, I got I know, a decent I'm, vocabulary. And I know some people like... And, Antithesis. What? How did you say that? How many <laughs> syllables was in that word? Antithesis. What is uh, antithesis? Dude, I get. I know. Just I've been, say, I've been I mean, working this, on it. It's good for on. people. I want to know, and I think they'll be appreciative. The exact opposite of. Okay. The exact Thank opposite you. Of. Perfect. Um, 
the ideas that our our civilization has been functioning on at least for the last 230 some odd years. Okay. And and I guess my point is simply that what excites me is even though I do, I don't agree with Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to vote for Bernie Sanders and okay. I would never vote for Bernie Sanders. But he um advocates for positions that deserve discussion in the public discourse. As as people, we deserve talking about these ideas That's right. and the merits of those ideas. In Absolutely. the same way, and, and I'm gonna, I'll, you know, we've talked about this offline. Uh, that other Republican candidates who've dropped out have done, like Lindsey Graham. Like I have my objections, and I'm I would never have voted for Lindsey Graham as a presidential candidate, but I think he espouses ideas that deserve thinking about. And so the field of candidates, uh, at least as it existed, you know, a couple of days ago in January, 2016, and really to today in uh, February, 2016, it helps that we got to talk about these ideas. And that's cool, man. I think that's cool. Even if I don't agree so, with you, let's, let's have that competition of ideas. So you're saying because of diversity of the potential candidates that at the conclusion of this exercise, we should have probably in the last 20, 30 years, the best choice candidate that represents America views the best. Is that kind of what I'm hearing from you? I hope so. I think this has been the best exercise in sharing those ideas that I've ever seen. I agree. I agree. I I completely agree that the conversations and the depth of those conversations and really challenging those ideals of who we want to be as a country and what we want to be moving forward you know, do we challenge what we've been 250 years and say, yeah, that was good for 250 years. But as we grow and evolve and become different people, um, do we see ourselves as a country moving in a different direction? Right. And, 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 that's, and, and that's the question that we have right now with so many different um, diverse candidates and I love the fact that at the conclusion of um, Hillary Clinton's um, um, I guess um, win speech um, at the at the Iowa caucus, caucus she said I look forward to debating um, Bernie Sanders more on his topics because we have two different views you know I see myself as a progressive he see himself as a socialist Um Let's see what America thinks. And that's what a democracy should be. That's what it should be. So I, I, I tend to agree with, with you and the candidates. Now, you know, am I over the hill in love with one candidate? No. But do I think that um, the candidates will be better? America will be better because of the diverse, uh, diversity in our candidates? Absolutely. Obviously, I'm I'm biased in this respect, which is to say that I think conversation matters. Absolutely. I, I think that having a conversation about ideas matters. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. Honest conversation matters. Honest conversation matters. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you're not honest, it's dismissive. It, it doesn't get you to the point where you need to get. And I'm, I'm reminded of Gulliver's Travel. 
Um, I don't know if you read that book. Yeah, I have a copy. Oh yeah, somewhere. It's that, in, that was a it's great in the book. other room. I read it. I read it like I was in eighth grade. But it's such a great like the cover art. Anyway, sorry. yeah. Um, it's it's a great book, but I think there's a lot of life lessons in that book that has made it such a great book. And at the end, when he's talking to the yahoos, which was the horses, I can't believe I really remember this, but I literally read this in eighth grade. Oh, man. Yeah, man. And when he was talking to the yahoos, they was honest. They couldn't lie. And one of the horses essentially said, we can't lie because that defeats the whole purpose of communication because communication is to help us move into a direction of progress. And if I am unhonest, dishonest, if I'm dishonest, then that defeats the whole purpose of, purpose of communicating. So honest communication is vital or conversation is vital to us moving forward as a country. Couldn't agree more, man. And and I think that's why we both do this. Um, you know, it's funny uh, doing this now, we're episode four. I mean, we done did Ten like four, right? 15 <laughs> of these things, but only like four of them made the cut. You know, like, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, that's, what, that's what I enjoy about this. Even, you know, when I go back and I, I've tried to listen um, to, to, our, to our podcast is encouraging that conversation because the fact is, um, if there's anything that's true in the world, it's that we're not going to stop changing. You know, uh, I I honestly truly believe this, and I'll save it for another time to really preach about this. But I think we are living at one of the coolest times in the history of the world that's ever existed. I agree, uh, ever, man. I really do. And and for no other reason, this. Um, I, I was mentioning earlier, like how <laughs> I think that a lot of voters are frustrated and scared, or at least apprehensive. But a statistic that I I heard very recently and. And uh, I haven't checked to see if it's true, but if it's not true now, it will be very soon. That this last August, September timeframe was the first time ever in the history of our country that the majority of kindergartners are non-white. Whoa. And, and uh, you know, is it? And you know again, I, I, you know, how you define race is a, so, a very so, complex question. So, I mean... Uh, we plan on having a continuation of our race conversation. Um, Let's not do that right And now. I know we're not. I know we're not. We're not. And I wasn't planning on. But I got to work tomorrow. To, to your, <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> to your point, um, I think that is a legit fear for some white folks. And Sure, we, man. We can it touch changes, it there. Right? I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch it now because put a Save little... That. Little Bring underlying asterisk behind that point because yeah. we're going to come back to that for sure. It's interesting because right? the world's changing, and and okay. and I look forward to having that conversation. And by the way, download that episode. <laughs> That's going to be so dope. <laughs> and review on iTunes. That's right, ten times. Um, but to your point, and I I I have to comment on this. I do think that. We are very, we are at a very unique time in world history. I think we're going through a great awakening, and I don't know if I was having this conversation with you or someone else, but I feel like, how much do you know about football fields and keeping them healthy, the irrigation of football fields? 
irrigating a football or football field? Football field. Oh, I know it's a big deal and it costs a lot of money. Right. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to I do it. I don't know if irrigation is the correct word, but that's what I use, so I'm going to roll with it. I mean, I know they got a, you got a, uh, what do you call it? Put okay, sprinkler, well, sprinklers on it. Yeah, you got yeah, you got to water it. <laughs> you got the water field. Water. <laughs> Have you seen my yard? You always come over here at night, so you'll see how bad my it's yard is. Probably a good thing too. <laughs> That's pretty good. Other than where Tucker leaves, he chews stuff up. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Tucker's um, my dog. Anyway. Yeah, and he's huge, but he's a big teddy bear. He is. He's he's so, so soft. He's so sweet. He's freaking. I don't know about sweet, but he's soft. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So finish my point. One of the things that we used to do at my high school was burn the field after the season. You would burn the field, literally catching on fire. And the reason you did that, they wanted to kill all the bad um, undergrowth off in hopes that it would come back even healthier and greener. Um, the next year. And without fail, the next year, the field will come back healthier and greener. I really do feel that as a world, not even a country, as a world, we are burning right now. We're going through the burning process. And these next few years, that burn is going to settle. And then we're going to start growing again. And I think we're growing in some places now, but we're still burning in others. And once that fire subsides, the growth that we have as a world is going to look, history is going to look back and say that was a great awakening in, in this world. So I'm, I'm very, very interested to see what that turns out to be. And I do agree with you that we're in a very interesting time in humanization. humanization. You know, man, I, I, uh, I think, I think you nail a point there. And, and if I could go back just very briefly to my experience with the Trump, uh, <laughs> One of the things that I consistently observed, you know, again, I'm just standing there as a guy. I got off work late. I, you know, had a million things on my mind, but I got there to this event. And, you know, first of all, I was overtaken by how large it was. I mean, we're talking thousands of people, right. thousands of people. It was like a concert or a football game. <laughs> it was amazing. Right. I've never seen that many people show up. And, and so my earlier point, you know, I always think that uh, it's a good thing to have people um, care, you know, whether or not we agree, it's good. And so that was heartening for me in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I heard people express over was was one that Donald Trump gets things done. Right. Not surprising. He's a developer. He, he Developers, you know, by their nature get things done. Right. And particularly Donald Trump, like, I mean the reality is he's not a guy who was working on like a boring office building. Right. He's doing like golf courses and luxury Resorts. things. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So people are, you know, that that's particularly appealing. But he's also a political outsider. You know, people are frustrated, scared, they're angry, they're apprehensive. And just by virtue of being but, not a politician, he, he has a certain head start. And so th- that voice of dissatisfaction, I think, is what has propelled him. And and the point that I, I made very recently to people that I work with, again, I'm not trying to be a Donald Trump cheerleader. But what I am trying to say is that... Donald Trump and the the success that he's having 
ostensibly in the polls, uh, clearly not in Iowa, is though that he, people, people vote for him. Like I said very earlier in the, uh, earlier in the podcast, they vote for him at a, as a former protest against the system. I I completely as agree. Martin O'Malley said. I completely completely agree because there. Well, at least I want to believe that because otherwise I would be so disappointed in so many different people um, for being such certain things that should not be said. And the fact that people are so dismissive to it, it it makes me wonder. That's particularly, though, the reason he's succeeding is because Donald Trump is, I, I mean, my, my personal opinion is that the folks who are adamant Donald Trump supporters aren't even necessarily agreeing with him on every policy position. They're agreeing with the sentiment that he represents, which is and I stick it to the system. I mean, we have a really good friend. Yeah. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, who is a big Trump supporter. And right. if we if we sat down here and today, that guy would give us a shirt off his back if we needed him to. Just... He would oh, no it. question. He would do it. Yeah. But he is the epitome of what you describe, that he's sick of the Republicans. He's sick of the Democrats. Yeah. He don't give either one of them no it's credit. Just or be, it's, just it's just bad. Mad. And he just wants something Are you different. mad vote Donald Trump? That's, and I, I couldn't help but think of him when you described it. I couldn't help but thanking him. And that, you know, clearly, Donald Trump is speaking to themes or, or broad concepts that people agree with. You know, for example, like securing our border. You know, even though those people who are supporting him may recognize that, like, we're probably not going to get Mexico to pay for it. <laughs> they they do still believe that that uh, that we should have a we should have a wall there. You know, even if it's you know. And whatever it plays out to. Right, right. Well, I mean, good. I think I think as we move forward and look to the New Hampshire primaries, these things will continue to evolve, and we'll probably listen back to this podcast and say, damn, we were wrong on just about every point we made, and we'll continue to be wrong on other stuff. But you know what? We're doing what you said. We're having a conversation, and we care. And so hopefully, as we continue to do these um, throughout the show, and this being a... A political season um we will have more shows where we talk about the election and um hopefully our insight and our opinions can help um shape some others and to look at this political process a different way um and become more educated and want to be more motivated to be a part of the process so um i think it's a good good conversation to talk about uh the election I agree, man. I'm I'm proud to be an American, and, I, and I'm proud to be the neighbor and the friend of so many people with whom I agree and with whom I disagree. And what excites me is that overwhelmingly people <laughs> haven't quit. They haven't given up hope. And to That's the extent that they are frustrated, I get it. I'm there with you. And I, I look forward to continuing the conversations in ways that will help people to gather the information they need to make the decision that's best for them. Because ultimately, 
I don't need you to agree with me. I don't want you to agree with me. Well, I kind of do. <laughs> I, I, you know, just care, take the time and listen. And if we can be a part of that, if, if Mo, you and I can be a part of helping people make that decision or at least asking the questions, or even if they don't want to ask questions, to identify what questions they need to ask. I look forward to it. There we go. Ooh, yeah. There's another one in the bank. Like, we're, we're, we're racking up, man. We're official. There's no going back. People know who we are. Hey! They can hold us accountable. Like, we're doing this, Micah. We're doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Um, I think you'll be very excited to hear from our next guest. Oh, you didn't know we had guests. Oh, it's going down. Coming up next, the guests that will blow your mind. And then we're going to follow beyond that. I think we're excited um, given the response to our initial releases. Um, and thank you. And thank you guys for your support and your feedback. It means the world to us. It's motivation to keep us going. Right now, we're committed to 10 episodes. We want to get to 11. We can't do that unless we have y'all support. So thank you. It means a lot. That's from Mike and myself and our man, T-Mac, even in his absence. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. TylerDigital.net. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, go. thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to talking with you next time. Glad you could be for, here for another episode of the Insanity Podcast. Good night. Bye bye.